That's what Paul is telling you. Some things are going to happen. Now, the thing that's going to happen is that all Israel is going to be saved. We're going to look at that before the night's over, I hope. But, but before that, he says, a partial hardening has come upon Israel. <laughs> now, guys, this is tough stuff. Okay, let's look first at a partial hardening. All right? Uh, first of all, what does he mean by partial? Are they just part of the way hard, or are they uh, really hard? I mean, or are they just kind of hard? Uh, guys, the way that you are to understand partial is in terms of time, not space. And I think I can prove that. That is, what Paul is saying is, there is a partial hardening on the part of Israel. Oh, the hardening is the whole kitten caboodle. But it's only going to last a, a, a temporary period of time. The partial has to do with how long it's going to last. And the reason that I think I'm right about that is because of the word until. In verse 25, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until. The hardening is the full-blown hardening, of course. But it's partial in the sense that it's only going to last a finite period of time. And he even tells you what that finite period of time is until the, the, uh, the fullest of the Gentiles has come in. Okay? So we've got a partial hardening. That's nothing new. He said that in verses uh, 8 and through 10. Do you remember uh, over in verse, um, the elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened? Um, he's already mentioned this hardening thing. And here it has come back up again. Now, guys, um, notice, this is really the hard part. A partial hardening has come upon Israel. Now, now how, do you, how do you understand that? Has come. Let me tell you how I think you should understand it. I mean, you, you, can, you can choose to go another direction if you like, but I think a partial hardening has come. That is, something has been done to them by God. God has put something on them. Now, is that uncomfortable? Yeah, it is that God has put this hardening on people. But folks, it is nothing new in the scriptures. We looked at it in Romans 9. But I want, to, I want you to see it in a couple of other places. I want you to see Jesus teaching it. Okay? So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 11. Now, my wor the words here are a little bit different, but I think the effect are the same. Um, I think you'll agree. Jesus is uh, praying in the... or he's Yes, he's, he's stating in this um, very familiar passage... The one that we all know and love. Come unto me, all you the labor and heavy laden, I will give you uh, rest. That, that's a very familiar passage. That, of course, begins in verse 28. But the paragraph begins in verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I'm in Matthew 11, 25. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and reveal them to little children. Folks, we don't need to get into who the objects are, but you can see what the action is. Um, it is a deliberate 
action on the part of God to hide things. And not only that, Jesus praises him for it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you hid. Now, you can debate all you want to tonight. Uh, who did he hide it from? Who's the little ones? Who's the wise and the intelligent? Who's he talking about? I don't, I mean, I, I've got an answer to that, but that's not my point. My point is, God took a deliberate action to hide things from somebody. Now, that's one place Jesus states it, but we looked at this before, too, over in Matthew chapter 13. Remember, we talked about the purpose of parables. It's the parable of the sower. You remember that? And um, um, uh, ver- uh, he's, he's given the parable of the, the sower, the four soils. Verse 10, 13, 10. Uh, then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Now, now, gang, it's always more palatable when you can show that Jesus taught it. I don't know why that's true, but it shouldn't be because if it's in this book, it's, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. But you see it on two occasions. Jesus says, I thank you that you hid it. And let me tell, let me explain something to you. You have been given the secrets of the kingdom, but they haven't been given it. And as a result, uh, for to one who has, um, look, verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not understand. I speak to them in parables because I'm trying to hide something. Just like he said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. I'm saying to you guys, when you go back over here to Romans chapter 11, this partial hardening has come. That's an action of God. An action of God on, on Israel. Uh, it's partial in the sense that it's not going to last forever. But God has hardened, um, just like he said in Romans chapter 9, uh, I harden whom I, uh, in verse 18, so he has mercy on whom he, whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. He says it as I said in verse 7 of this chapter. A partial hardening. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, as we go on to study this, the rest of this verse, this same God who has, who has hardened for a time frame, this same God will also, at the redemptive moment of his choosing, re-graft Israel into the people of God. That's what you're being told. He says this partial hardening is coming until, well, until what? Well, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. When God has finished his saving project among Gentiles, then all Israel will be saved. All that he intends to accomplish among a Gentile audience, that would be us and others like us, once he has completed all that he intended to accomplish among Gentiles, then he's going to do something. He's going to do something so phenomenal that it is going to bring the bulk of Israel back into the church as Christians and and the effect of his doing that 
is going to be like, look at verse 15, life from the dead. God is going to accomplish this and it is going to be so spectacular that it is going to be like a whole new life has begun. Now, guys, I don't know whether you caught my language, but it was um, it was very um, it was chosen carefully that the bulk of the nation of Israel um, will become Christians. But the text says, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. Now, here's where I mean, if I haven't bored you already, just hang on, I've really got a lot of boring stuff to tell you now. Guys, if you will get this, it will help you in your study of the Bible, I promise. Now, it is a, it is a, it's not a technical point, I don't want to call it technical, but it's, it's vastly misunderstood and widespread in terms of people not understanding it. Okay. Here's what, here's what you do. I don't know why this thing always does that to me. When you see the word all, you immediately jump in your mind that this word means this. And I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you do not want that. It doesn't mean each and every, and that's where I'm going to bore you because I'm going to show you again and again and again and again in that book where you know it doesn't mean that. Okay? So... Here we go. Are you ready for all this? Um, let's start in 2 Samuel chapter 19. 2 Samuel 19 is where um, David is beginning to become the recognized king of Israel. Uh, you know, Saul is dead, but he's not yet. Uh, Samuel, uh, David has not yet moved to Jerusalem. Now, um, all right, I'm in 2 Samuel 19 verse 41. Are you there? 2 Samuel 19.41 Then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to him, Why have our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away? Now look, guys. Then all the, king of, all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that that word all there does not mean each and every. Do you know why you know that? Because there were still people who were opposed to David being king in Israel. I can give you a couple of names if you like. Ishbosheth, both for one, because he was the king of Israel. Not all men, if you attach this meaning to it, came to David. Not all, meaning each and every. It doesn't mean that here. You can't impose. If you do, then you've got all kinds of other issues because. You know, there's later on in this story, you're going to find, oh, there's Ishbosheth and his general, uh, what was it, Abner? Uh, he, he didn't, he didn't do that. You know, on and on and on it goes. Not all doesn't mean each and every here. How about going one chapter over? 
chapter 20, verse 2. So all of the, all the men of Israel withdrew from David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. Did each and every man from Israel desert David and go side with Bichri? No, they didn't. David still had a following if it was only his family. All I'm saying is, there is, is again, that word does not mean this. I, I got lots more. Go with me to First Chronicles chapter 11. Guys, I know this is a shock to some of your systems because you read the Bible, and particularly those of us who love this book, we believe in literal uh, translating of them or interpreting the book. I know. I do too. But there are certain principles that must guide you in interpreting this book. Look at First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 1. Then all Israel gathered together to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are bone, and bone, bone of your flesh and bone of your... There it is again. All Israel. Did all Israel come down to David at Hebron? If it means this? No, ladies and gentlemen. All does not mean all without exception. But it means all without distinction. And you say, oh, I don't like that, Jimmy. I don't like that kind of playing with the thing here. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be handling words like that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you do it. You do it all the time. I just did it. <laughs> you do it all the time. Do you do it all the time? If you mean this? No. When um, when Pittsburgh won the uh, the um, the Super Bowl this year, and um, uh, they were they were reporting about the city of Pittsburgh celebrating Pittsburgh's great win in the Super Bowl. You know what they said? The whole city of Pittsburgh came out to greet the team. Did the whole city of Pittsburgh come out to greet the team? No, but you didn't cry foul. You didn't call the 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 the, uh, the uh, news stations and say, "I want to say that you're not telling the truth there. You're lying. That's not the way. That's not the way that you're supposed to talk." No, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I I, I use this um, uh, illustration in my systematics class. I, I I say it like this: I love peanut butter and I eat it all the time. You're laughing because I'm so heavy. Um, <laughs> No, but I do. I love peanut butter, and I eat it all the time. I eat it just about every morning for breakfast. There are times, ladies and gentlemen, when Susie hates me, and she fixes me no dessert. <laughs> That's an expression of hate. Um, and so I will go into the kitchen, and I will take a tablespoon, and I will take a glob of peanut butter and eat it. I love peanut butter. I eat it all the time. But when I say all the time, I don't mean all the time without exception. I eat it all the time without distinction. I eat it in the morning, I eat it in the afternoons, I eat it at night, I eat it for snacks, I eat it for breakfast and for lunch. Sometimes if, you know, I hope not, but I might even eat it for supper because I love peanut butter and eat it all the time. You talk like that. And yeah, but oh, wait a second now. You're not doing, you're not doing. I'm showing you, I've already showed you three. I got more. I got seven here. Actually, I got eight. Um, 
Uh, How about, oh, this is a good one. Go to the book of Daniel. Oh, Daniel's in the Old Testament. I lost my head there over the peanut butter. (laughs) I get all excited every time I talk about peanut butter. Okay, uh, Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Oh, folks. (laughs) Daniel 6, 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the Nordsman got a letter? How about the American Indian? They get a letter from uh, Darius? I mean, I, um, how about the, uh, the Gauls or the, uh, um, what's the, the Goths? You think they got a letter? No, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is not lying to you. But the Bible is using this term like this, not like this. I mean, he wrote to everybody. That's a true statement. There's nothing wrong with that statement. But you've got to be, you, you've got to really do damage to the English language, to the Hebrew language, and to the Bible to insist that that word means this. Okay, let's keep going. Um, how about the New Testament? Would you like to see it sometimes in the New Testament? How about Mark chapter 1? Mark 1 and verse 5. <laughs> and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. That's John the Baptist, folks. Tell me, did the Pharisees go? Well, a few of them. Did the Sadducees? How, how about how about um, how about the people in the tribe of Manasseh? Did they go? Gang, this is this is genuinely good usage of language. It's trying to leave you with the right impression that the place was jam packed with people. But it will do damage to you if you insist that that word means this. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean all without exception, but it does mean all without distinction. There were some Pharisees, there were some Sadducees, there were some scribes, there were some uh, tailors, there were some uh, there were some fishermen, there were there, gosh, there were some teachers, and there were some uh, there were some publicans, and gosh, there were I mean, all people came out to see and be baptized by. Whew. That's a proper use of that word. Stay with me. Um, how about John chapter twelve? John chapter 12, verse 32. (laughs) Jesus is speaking and he says, And when I am, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Did Jesus draw all people to himself? Do you know any unbeliever? I know one. His name is Judas. But that means, if Judas is left out, you can't use that word to mean each and every, without exception. You can't do it. I mean, because, and by the way, I'm being silly, but we know more than one, don't we? Do you think the Muslim world embraces Jesus as Savior? Oh, they don't. No, they don't. Um, If you didn't... How about Acts chapter 19? 
Guys, I'm just giving you a smattering. Um, I've got two left, and my, my last one is my coup de gras. Um, uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 10. Uh, Paul is in Ephesus, you know, he stays there and says, uh, verse 10, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Now tell me again, do you believe that every, each and every resident in all of Asia heard Paul? Both Jews and Greeks. I, you, you can stick with that if you like. But I'm telling you, it's insanity. It's, 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 doing, it's really doing damage to the text. It's not honoring the text. Now I want to show you one in my coup de grace. <laughs> because this comes up all the time. Way to go. <laughs> um, I mean, and it does. It comes up a lot of times, but not all without exception. Okay, go to go with me to James. Excuse me, First Timothy, chapter two. When I'm when I'm teaching my systematics class, this is the one. This is one of the ones that we use uh, to talk about some things. But um, you know, I, I teach. And, and I, you know, uh, my, my hero, John Calvin, said that no man's over 70% right. And I'm, I mean, if he's only 70% right, I'm in the low 40s. Um, but this, all, this comes up almost every class. 1 Timothy 2.4. Um, where we find the words, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, by the way, guys, let me back up just real quickly. There are times, there are uh, um, occasions where the word all does mean each and every. And so how do you figure which one does and which one doesn't? It's just the context of where you find it. I mean, when you're studying your Bibles, you have to say, well, now, what's going on here? And, you know, the, 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 the brain has got to lock in and you've got to engage and let's figure out what's going on and et cetera, et cetera, and... That's how you determine the meaning of any word in any sentence in the scriptures. But but look at me. Look with me first of all. Um, uh, for, first of all, guys, let, let me let me do this to you, um, and you'll you won't appreciate my doing it to you. But who desires all people? God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved. Now, gang, I'm going to say something awfully biting, and I don't even like saying it but it sure does make the point if in that word in that verse verse four all means each and every that god desires all each and every to be saved if, if that's what it means then god has failed he can't have what he wants if that is his desire, and you're, you're trying to make it say this, then how many people do you know that have nothing to do with Jesus Christ? Then God didn't, God's, not doing a very, God's not having a very successful reign. I hate to say words like that. 
But that's what you have to do to that text, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you, if you insist that it means this. I'm not done. But all right, then, why, then look with me at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Paul urges his audience to pray for all people. Okay, there it is. There it is again. If you insist on this each and every for that word all in verse 1, then what the dickens are you doing here tonight? You need to get home and get your phone book out and start with the aardvarks and end up with the zarzolis. And when you finish with the Memphis phone book, get the Phoenix phone book. And when you're finished with that, get Denver and, and don't leave out Baltimore. Please pray for D.C. There's some problems over there. Um, uh, New York, if all, if you insist that all in verse 1 means each and every. <laughs> but I'm still not finished. Guys, you're, you're just going to have to believe that I'm not lying to you. But if you'd like to look it up, I welcome it. The Greek word that is found in verse 4 is the word panta. Now, in the, in the Greek language, the way that things are arranged, that is, the, the tense, uh, the case, like is it, is it um, we, they don't have a nominative and a, and a uh, uh, well, they don't have the same cases that we do. They do have a nominative. They don't have the same uh, tenses that we do. But the tenses of the verbs and the cases of the nouns come at the end, okay? They tack things onto the end like pantas or pantone. Uh, that's... All this does in the, in, the, in the end back here is match up the word with the thing that it's describing. Like if it's uh, describing a female, it'll have a, 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 a female, not a female, a um, feminine ending and a masculine ending. But it's all back here in the, in the, in the tail end of the word. That's where you get the, the tense of the Greek verbs, the, the, the number, the voice, the mood, the, the, uh, the case. Of uh, the nouns, it's all in the ending of the of the verbs. But the but the word that is found there is panta. Okay. Now, coup de gras. Turn over with me, if you will, to chapter six. I'm sorry, same book, first six, uh, first Timothy, chapter six. Now, now, by the way, guys, in, in verse 4, I want to be perfectly fair with you, but in verse 4 of chapter 2, it is in this form, pantas. Now you're in chapter 6 with me, 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's in verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You see it? Let me just let you in on something. Kinds is not in the Greek text. You know what it is in the Greek text? Pantone. Same word, different ending. Just has to do with the number and the et cetera, et cetera. It's the same word, ladies and gentlemen. The, the translators of, of your Bibles to try and give you the right sense of the word, inserted the word kind, all kinds of evil. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not in there. If you want to translate it Israel, literally, it should go something like this. For the love of money is the root of all evils. But you can't say that! 
because that's not the truth. You know what's the root of some evils? Lust. Pride. But is money the root of all kinds of evil? Yeah. But that was inserted in there just to make sure that you wouldn't miss the point. Gang, I could do the same thing in in 1 Timothy 2.4. For God desires all kinds of people to be saved. And that's true. Um, you go back to Romans chapter 11, verse 26, and it says, and all Israel will be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, I said to you, the bulk of Israel is going to be brought back in to the church of Jesus Christ. Yes. But is all Israel... Each and folks, not all Israel, each and every, rejected Jesus. Paul was a Jew. And not all Israel, each and every, are going to be brought back uh, and regrafted in. But the bulk of Israel, the bulk of Israel is going to be moved upon by the Holy Spirit, just like you and and I were. Their hearts of stone are going to be exchanged for a heart of flesh. And all Israel will be saved. That's what it says. I hope that's helpful. Lord, I, I do thank you for the privilege that is mine to, um, to try and explain this book of books. And where I have erred, Lord, would you stop up the ears of every listener here. But where I have handled to write um, this sacred book, would you use it to remind your people of the great work of redemption that is yet to come. The same work that was performed on Gentiles like us is a work that you will perform on all Israel. And it will be so phenomenal, so stupendous, that it will seem like, it will seem like resurrection from the dead. Oh God, um, would you use Gracie Van in your ongoing enterprise of reaching Gentiles as well as Jews, Might we be a part of that great missiological enterprise of broadcasting the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Give us that privilege, O God, in the power of the Spirit. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thanks and good night.